0: Hello and welcome to Camel Screen Guild Players from OTRGold.com. This episode will begin after a brief message from our sponsors. This episode is brought to you by Visit Williamsburg. In Williamsburg, Virginia, there's never too much of a good thing. Whether you're a foodie, a golfer, a history buff, a shopaholic, an outdoor enthusiast, or a thrill seeker, you'll find what you came for here and more. So ask yourself, what is it you want? Discover Williamsburg and plan your trip at visitwilliamsburg.com.
1: This is Elizabeth Scott. This is Dan Durier.
0: And this is Hugh Douglas saying welcome to Stars in the Air. Good evening, ladies and gentlemen, and welcome again to 30 minutes of exciting and gripping transcribed drama. A fascinating story tonight, the story of a girl who outwitted death, but was in the end defeated by life. Stars in the Air is proud to bring you Hal Wallace's famous production for Paramount, The Strange Love of Martha Ivers, based on an original story by Jack Patrick, starring Dan Duryea as Sam and Elizabeth Scott as Martha, with Joseph Kearns as Walter O'Neill.
1: The big neon sign at the city limits said, Welcome to Iverstown. Welcome. (laughs) Hmm, that gave me a laugh. Yeah, a big laugh. About the only laugh I had for the next few days. I hadn't been back for 18 years, not since I was a kid of 12, and lambed out one night to join the circus. As a matter of fact, I wasn't going back now. I was headed west, and the road just happened to run that way. I was heading west pretty fast, I guess. I didn't even slow down to light that cigarette. One minute I was on the road to Ivers Town, and the next minute... I was off. Radiator looks like a second-hand accordion. Got someone here who can fix it, Pop? Wouldn't be surprised. How long will it take? Can't tell. I'll look her over. How much will it cost? Won't know till it's done. What's the name? Sam Masterson. Anything else you want me to check? Yeah, the radio. Listen, all I seem to get is Joe's or the wife's of the Joe. Good evening, friends, and welcome to Citizens Forum. Hmm, political meeting. <laughs> That's worse. We regret to announce that Mr. Walter P. O'Neill, candidate for re-election as district attorney, was taken suddenly ill tonight and will not be able to speak as promised. However, we are fortunate to have in his place the best-loved civic figure of Iverstown. Ladies and gentlemen, Mrs. Walter P. O'Neill.
2: Thank you, Mr. Chairman. Fellow citizens, the issues in this election are very simple. We here in Iverstown...
0: That's enough of that, malarkey. Say, this
1: Walter P. O'Neill, isn't he the kid that used to live on Sycamore Street? father used to be a schoolteacher?
0: Yeah, that's him. You know him? Yeah,
1: used to. A little scared kid on Sycamore Street. Now he's running for district attorney.
0: Yep. Third term. He'll win in a breeze. What's the odds? No odds, no takers. He's had the job sewed up ever since he convicted that murderer. Uh, You know. I don't, but I'd like to. The one that killed old lady Ivers.
1: Nasty character, all right. She certainly was. Oh, I, I, I mean the murderer. But he sure fixed things for Walter O'Neill. You mean a lifetime job? I mean a wife who owns a whole darn town. Oh, that rich? Who'd he marry? Well, if you used to live here, you ought to know her. Old lady Ivers' niece, Martha Ivers. Martha Ivers. Sure, I knew Martha Ivers all right. Only the way things worked out, maybe I didn't know her as well as I thought. Walter! Oh, back from the meeting already, Martha?
2: Walter, you were supposed to speak tonight. Did you forget?
1: No, I didn't forget.
2: Where were you then? Getting drunk. Why?
1: Why? Well, frankly, Martha, I'm a sentimental man. It occurred to me that this is the fourth anniversary of my father's death, so I had a drink to his sainted memory.
2: Walter, listen to me. What's done is done. You've got a life to live, a brilliant career.
1: That's what my father always said.
2: Your father was right.
1: My father was never right about anything. The day he walked in and found you around on the floor with her head bashed in and you standing over her like a... I told
2: you I never want that mentioned.
1: My father, may he rest in peace, was a greedy man. He knew that as long as he kept quiet, he could make you do anything he wished. He could even make you marry me. And so a man was hanged.
2: If he hadn't hanged for that, he would have hanged for something else. He was a criminal. Martha, sometimes I wonder how you manage it. It's done its past. I have nothing to fear. You'll never tell. No,
1: I'll never tell.
2: But Martha, do you ever stop to
1: think that someone else was there that night? Sam Masterson.
2: Sam Masterson ran away from home that night. He's never been back. He never will come back.
1: No, perhaps not. But sometimes I wonder what would happen if he did.
0: What's yours, bud? What do you have?
1: Bourbon. Bourbon. With water if the bourbon isn't so good. One bourbon with water.
2: Excuse me, mister. Have you got a match? Sure. Thanks. You know the right time?
1: Uh, quarter past 10.
2: I hate to bother you, but I gotta catch a bus at 10.45. And I don't know anybody around here and...
1: And you were feeling lonesome.
2: Honest, I'm so lonesome
1: I'd like to have died. You don't die of being lonesome. You just get terribly hurt. Can I buy you a drink?
2: Thanks. You talked me into it.
1: Her name was Tony. Tony Marachek. She just asked for a match, and the rest was murder. We sat there, and I thought to myself, she's a nice kid. She's had a rough time, but she's a nice kid. So I bought her a drink. Then a few more, and we talked about nothing in particular. the goon behind the bar gave out with... That's all, folks. No more drinks. It's 12 o'clock.
2: 12 o'clock. I missed my bus.
1: I knew you'd missed it an hour ago.
2: You're smart. Anything else you know?
1: Maybe you didn't want to go to Ridgeville. Maybe you wanted to miss that bus.
2: Maybe I did.
1: Maybe you'd rather head for the West. Maybe I would. Maybe you'd like to go in my car.
2: Maybe you're right. Sam, there's something I ought to tell you first.
1: I'll get your room at my hotel. We'll have to wait for my car to be fixed. Sam... The chances are we'll leave tomorrow.
2: Sam, I just got out of jail.
1: Like I said before, we'll leave tomorrow.
2: Like I meant to say, I think you're swell.
1: I got her a room right next to mine, told her good night, and hit the sack. The next thing I knew, was ten in the morning. Somebody was hammering at my dream.
0: Hey, hey, you in there, Masterson. Open up.
1: Okay, okay. Take it easy, will you? It's still the middle of the night.
0: Well, what do you want, Blue Eyes? Nothing much. Just checking up on the dame, that's all.
1: Well, don't look now, but she's in her own room.
0: Yeah, a nice private room in the city clink.
1: You boys don't waste any
0: time. What's the charge? Violation of probation. Probation for what? Theft. She was let out yesterday on condition that she go back to her home in Ridgeville. I just picked her up at the Continental Trailways Depot. She was trying to cash in her bus ticket.
1: Well, maybe she was getting a lift. What's wrong with that?
0: Nothing, if you can prove it. Take a tip from me, Bob. Don't try. Is that official? Take it or leave it. You see, you get your orders from me. I get mine from the chief. He gets his from the district attorney. So in a way, right now, you're talking to Mr. O'Neill himself. Why not? Hmm? How's that?
1: Nothing. All I said was, why not? Why not? Sammy Masterson. Little Walter O'Neill. <laughs> I wouldn't have known you, Sam. How long's it been? Oh, 17, 18 years. Remember, we were just kids when I left, the three of us. Yeah, the three of us. You, me, and Martha. What's she like, Walter? Beautiful. I married her. I know, I know. You've done all right. I guess. Uh, what about you? What have you done? Knocked around, seen a lot, gambled. You mean gambled? Sure, sure. That's my business. <laughs> I suppose I should say something disapproving, but I can't. I, I'm too glad you dropped in to see me, Sam. Well, I wouldn't have bothered you, Walter. Only, uh, I met a girl and she's in a jam. She's in jail. What's the charge? Violation of probation. Name is Tony Marichek. That's not easy to square, Sam. Oh, you can do it for old time's sake. Well, I'll do what I can, of course.
2: Walter, I was on my way downtown and I... Oh, I, I didn't know you
1: were busy. Hello. Hello. The name is Masterson. Sam
2: Masterson. I'm sorry, but I... <laughs> Sammy Masterson. Sammy, hello. Oh,
1: for a hug like that, I could say it again. Hello.
2: Oh, I didn't recognize you.
1: You're all grown up. You too. I never figured a skinny little mutt would grow up so beautiful. Shows you what a new Tony will do. Uh, it's funny. <laughs> I always thought of Martha as, well, sometimes you sort of keep things in your mind. Things you saw as a kid. You know how it is. Of course. Look, Walter, you're a busy man, so I'll blow. Thanks for helping an old pal out. So long, Martha.
2: I'll be seeing you. Hmm.
1: Breezy character, Sam. Very sure of himself.
2: He always was. How long has he been here, Walter?
1: Came in last night.
2: What does he want?
1: Oh, he wants me to get his girl out of jail. His girl? That's what he said he wanted.
2: What do you think he wants?
1: What he can get. He's a gambler, a sharpshooter, an angle boy. Couldn't you see the blackmail in his eyes?
2: I haven't had your experience with criminals.
1: You will when Sammy starts to shake you down.
2: Release the girl. Maybe he'll just pick up and leave.
1: Leave? You think he'll leave a
2: touch worth millions? There's only one way to find out. Release the girl. If you want me, I'll be at home. I thought you were on your way downtown. I've changed my mind.
1: Miss Johnson. Miss Johnson. I want a routine check on a Samuel Masterson. He's probably registered at the hotel. Check all garages for his car. Yeah, I have a hunch he drove into town. Oh, and uh, get hold of McCarthy, that private detective. Tell him I want to see him at once. Hello.
2: Sam, what are you doing here? I
1: found your message when I got back to the hotel.
2: I asked you to phone. I figured you wouldn't mind if I came in person. I don't. Oh, Sam, we've got so much to talk about. Okay. Walter, why did you marry him? Pick another subject.
1: It's your turn. You. An open book. I went out with the circus that night, made friends with the animals. Learned all about human beings from them. Got a great training for being a gambler.
2: You sound as though you liked it.
1: You would have, too. You were supposed to come with me that night.
2: Oh, you do
1: remember. Yeah. Your aunt didn't like me very much. I wasn't allowed to come in the house. Waller let me in. He was helping you do your lessons. And then your aunt must have heard my voice. She called to There's you. There was
2: a storm that night. Thunder and lightning. I was afraid of the thunder.
1: Oh, you always told me you weren't. I
2: didn't want you to know. I wanted to be like you. Never afraid of anything.
1: What a couple of kids we were.
2: We're not kids now.
1: No, Martha, we're not kids. No time for dreams.
2: Only one dream, Sam, and it came true. You're here. So is Walter. Sam, uh, about Walter and myself. Don't tell me. I want you to understand. Oh, I
1: understand, Martha. I understood when I saw you together in his office. I never saw a guy so nuts about anybody in my life.
2: All right, Sam. What do you want?
1: What do I want?
2: Yes, why did you come back here?
1: So? the road curve, but I didn't.
2: Tell me the truth.
1: Hey, now, wait a minute. You're beginning to sound just like your aunt.
2: Don't ever say that to me. Don't ever. Look,
1: baby, I won't be around here long enough to repeat it. As soon as a certain lady is out of your husband's clink and my car is out of Dempsey's alleged garage, I'm headed west.
2: I think you really mean that.
1: Any objections?
2: No. No objections. Kiss me, Sam. For old time's sake. Yeah, sure.
1: For old time's sake. Goodbye, Martha.
2: Goodbye, Sam. Hello, operator. I I don't happen to have a phone book, Andy. Will you get me the number of Dempsey's garage?
1: Carthy, you get all the dope I wanted? Yeah, this master sinner's a big-shot gambler. Broke many times, always turns up with a new bankroll. Many arrests, no convictions. Beat a murder rap in Frisco, self-defense. Anything else? His car's in Dempsey's garage, smashed radiator. Dempsey was gonna have it fixed today, but he got a call. He was told to stall around with a job. Who called him, McCarthy? Your wife. Oh, I see. All right, I'm going down to have a talk with that Marichek girl. She'll be out of jail in an hour or so. And there you go ahead, just as we planned. Come on, Tony, come on. You better eat.
2: I don't think I can.
1: Why not? The spaghetti is swell. You picked this joint yourself.
2: I'm not hungry. My, my stomach's in a knot.
1: Here, have some wine. That ought to help. A little wine is the best thing Hey, for... you. You talking to me? Yeah, and you're talking to my wife. Your wife? You heard me, my wife. Well, brother, you can have her. In spades. It ain't gonna be that easy, wise guy. Some people gotta be taught a lesson. They gotta be taught they can't... Ah, You want it here or outside? Outside if you got the guts. There's an alley through the kitchen door. That suits me fine. Let's go.
2: Sam, Sam, wait a minute. Shut
1: up. Now, Mr. Hard Guy, if you want to start school, I'm ready to start... Nice going, Joe. You kept him so busy, he never even saw me. Where do you want him, Mac? Out in the car? Yeah. Lefty can help you carry him.
2: What are you going to do with him? What?
1: I wouldn't exactly want to say. Okay, sister, we won't need you anymore. You did a swell job, now blow. I guess they worked me over pretty thoroughly. When I came down off my pretty pink cloud, I found myself in the country somewhere, laid out in a ditch beside the road. The world stopped spinning after a while, and I noticed I was gripping something in my fist. A fancy little badge that said, Private Detective. That made up my mind. I thumbed a ride back into town and headed straight for an old pal of mine. I waited at the bus depot for quite a while, and then my hunch paid off.
0: Sam, No,
1: not here. Outside. Come on. I ought to beat it out of you. <laughs>
2: I guess I got it coming.
1: Why did you do it? Why? Why? I
2: didn't want to, Sam. This afternoon, before they
1: let me out, the DA came and talked to me. O'Neill, His name is Waller O'Neill. He asked me a lot of questions about you. About me? He wanted to know why you came here, Sam. What else? A lot of questions. I
2: forget. Remember. My head's all mixed up.
1: How about those goons? The ones who roughed me up?
2: They just wanted to scare you. O'Neill doesn't want you in town. They said if I didn't play with them, I'd go back to jail.
1: Cute kids.
2: They said they wouldn't hurt you. Much
1: for two cents go ahead
2: and hit me sam i got it coming
1: here the only thing you got coming is a break look you go back to the hotel i'll give you my key i got a little business to attend to oh neil maybe
2: they don't want you here sam i don't know what it is but they don't want you they
1: got me whether they want it or not they got me please sam next time it might be worse look i don't like to get pushed around i don't like people i like to be pushed around i don't like anybody to get pushed around Here's the key to my room. I'll see you later. Well, Sam, it's a little late to be calling, isn't it? I thought we should have a little talk, Walter. Who'll kick off first, your team or mine? You really look pretty awful, Sam. Uh, have, a, have a drink. Thanks. <laughs> when the butler told me you were here, I...
2: Walter, what is it? I heard a noise and I thought... Greetings. Sam, what are you doing here?
1: I'm not sure yet.
2: You. your face, you're hurt.
1: You ought to see the other guy.
2: What happened?
1: This. this little tin badge fell out of a guy's pocket and hit me in the face.
2: Private detective.
1: What's the trouble, Walter? Don't you trust your own cops? Yeah, uh, you're right, Sam. I hired those men. I thought they might scare you out of town. What about the girl? I don't blame her too much. She knew she had to play with us or go back to jail. All right. We lose. We're ready to listen to the current quotations on blackmail.
2: Walter! I said
1: blackmail. Be easy with us, Sam. Remember, you're dealing with two old friends. Which one of you am I dealing with?
2: With me. Hello. Go downstairs and wait for me, Sam. I'll be right down.
1: Two minutes, Martha, or I'll come back and get you.
2: Oh, Walter, you fool. He told me yesterday he didn't want anything. He was going away. If you let me handle it. I didn't
1: like what you had in mind. What do you mean? I mean a call to Dempsey's garage. That car could have been ready today. You've always been crazy about him, haven't you? You're crazy about him now.
2: Suppose I am.
1: Well, that leaves me with quite a problem, Martha.
2: All right, you sit here and think it out. I'm taking Sam for a little ride. This is the place, Sam, the top of the hill. Top of the hill,
1: right back where we started. Nice view from here, Martha. Yes.
2: Remember, Sam? We used to come up here when we were kids. You can see the whole city from here, can't you? A pie like this, it doesn't even seem real. Oh, it is real, Sam. It's very real. Owning it makes you feel very strong above other people and vulnerable.
1: It didn't do much for your aunt. Didn't she get her head bashed in?
2: I, Sam, I, I don't like to talk about it. Sorry. If, if only you hadn't. Run away that night?
1: Well, I waited for you. I waited a long time in the rain, but you didn't show.
2: It would have been so different if you hadn't run away. It would have been you instead of Walter. Or if you'd stopped me, Sam. When I lifted the cane, why didn't you stop me? Stop you? You knew how much I hated her. Why didn't you stop me? I wasn't there. When it was all over and she was lying there on the floor, I... You... You weren't there.
1: No, Martha. I wasn't. I knew your aunt didn't like me. When I heard her call, I lambed out the door. I never saw what happened. Sam. I never knew until yesterday about your aunt. Or that man, the one they hung. Sam. The man that you and Walter killed.
2: Oh, Sam, help me. Help me.
1: All right, Martha. Tell me. Talk.
2: I... I suppose I'd always hated her. She was cruel and mean, but... But mostly I hated her because she didn't like you. And that night... She must have known you were in the house. She came in and accused me of lying to her. She raised her cane to beat me, but but I grabbed it from her. I hit her, and then I hit her again, and I kept on hitting her until she didn't move anymore. Oh, Martha. That's when Walter's father came in. He saw me still standing over her. He told me what kind of story to tell about seeing some man beating my aunt, and I did. And after that, I knew I, I must do everything he said. Even marry Walter. Even send an innocent man to his death. Oh, Sam. Sam, you can't go away again. (laughs) I I need you here, Sam. I've lived so much inside myself. So choked with wanting something else that lives and breathes. So desperate for air and room to breathe it in. (laughs) Oh, Sam, please. Please stay here, Sam.
1: You poor little kid. You poor little kid. Come on. Let's go back and talk it out with Walter. Glad you came back, Sam. I rather thought you would. Why? Why? Oh, there's so much we have to talk about, mainly what's to be done about Martha, me, and you. Oh, that has a nice lilt to it, hasn't it? Almost like a poem, only it should rhyme with murder.
2: Sammy's been drinking, he's drunk.
1: Oh, you're wrong, my dear, I have been drinking, but I'm not drunk.
2: Sam, I, I had a funny
1: dream last night. No, no not funny, really. I don't make a very handsome corpse.
2: Sam, make him stop.
1: Let me talk. Walter, what did you mean? She married me to be sure I'd never tell. Yeah, I know. What else should I know? Shall I tell you, Sam? It's very obvious. She'll try to get you to kill me like she got me to send an innocent man to the gallows.
2: Sam, I told you the way it was. It was his father's idea. His father made me.
1: Oh, did she tell you, Sam, how she stood up in court... How she looked at the man without batting an eye. How she said, yes, that's the man. That's the man who killed my aunt. That even stuck in the throat of my father. My poor, departed, greedy father. But she was afraid of an unsolved murder. was a threat to the riches and powers she loved.
2: Sammy's lying. They were like leeches, both of them. They wanted everything. No, Martha.
1: All I ever wanted was you.
2: Everything you are, everything you have, I gave you. Now let me go.
1: That's beyond my power. You're insane, Martha. You're out of your mind. You see, Sam, you and I are really close to each other. It'll have to be either you or me. And unless you do it now, it'll be you. So, make up your mind. Make up your mind. (laughs) Passed out cold. I guess he was drunk. Here. Help me lift him back in the chair.
2: Sam. Sam, wait. Huh? Do what he said, Sam. Do it now. Set me free. Set both of us free. We can make it seem he fell down the stairs, fractured his skull. Everyone knows he was a heavy drinker. Oh, Sam. It can be so easy, darling. Help
1: me lift him back
2: in the chair. Easy now, fella. Sam, I... I thought you loved
1: me. I thought I did, too.
2: And now you hate me.
1: Now I'm sorry for you. You're sick, Martha.
2: You don't even know the difference between right and wrong. You've killed. It says so on your record. I've never
1: murdered. Steady, fella. Uh You're all right. Here, have a drink. Oh, thanks. Hair of the dog. You passed out cold. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you had your chance, Sam. It's a thin line, the one between life and death.
2: Yes, very thin. Sam, you'd better not move. Oh,
1: you see, Sam, I warned you. She's always carried that gun. I don't think she'll use it. You'd have a little trouble squaring this one, Martha.
2: Why? You broke into the house, demanded money. You tried to attack me and I shot in self-defense. I've got a right to kill in self-defense. That's what the law says, doesn't it, Walter? Doesn't it?
1: Tell her, Walter. Tell her it'll hold up fine. I'm a man with a police record. You're right, Martha. It's a perfect case. If you can get Walter to be your witness. Want to lay a bet? Well, I can't do any business around here. Guess I'll run along. Where are you going, Sam? To find a girl Name named Tony Marachek. We got a date. We're heading west.
2: Sam. Sam, wait.
1: We... I feel sorry for you, Martha. I feel sorry for both of you. Goodbye.
2: I couldn't do it. I couldn't do it.
1: You love him, Martha.
2: No, no, I, I was afraid. For the first time in my life, I was afraid. I, I thought you wouldn't stand by me any longer. I thought you'd leave me. No, no, Martha.
1: I won't leave you. I love you. No, don't cry, Martha. It's not your fault.
2: It, it it really isn't, is it, Walter?
1: No. No mine, nor my father's, nor your aunt's. It isn't anyone's fault. It...
2: And, And we'll be together. We'll we'll always be together, won't we? Yes,
1: we'll always be together, Martha. Always, always.
2: Then, then let's get some sleep and, and tomorrow we'll. Walter! No!
1: Hello. Police headquarters. This is Walter O'Neill, the district attorney. You better send a man right over. I've just killed my wife.
0: And so the curtain falls on Hal Waller's thrilling Paramount production, The Strange Love of Martha Ivers. And now back on stage for a few final words. Here are the stars of our play tonight, Dan Duryea and Lisbeth Scott. Hugh,
2: I, I guess any actress in Hollywood would come alive very quickly to say how much this show means to us. This radio program supports our greatest cause, the Motion Picture Relief Fund. And every one of us is proud to share in that work. Dan,
1: am I right? No argument, Liz. I'll go right along with you.
2: Really? I thought you had a
1: date Oh, that was two pages back (laughs) Right now, I'm waltzing you right out of here Because Hugh Douglas is waiting to announce next week's show Okay? No argument, Dan Good night, everybody And thank you Thanks again Good night
0: Next week, another great dramatic half-hour on Stars in the Air. 20th Century Fox Studios' tender and deeply moving story, Deep Water, starring William Lundigan and Mona Freeman. Next week, at this same time, be sure to listen. The Strange Love of Martha Ivers was presented through the courtesy of Hal Wallace Productions, whose current release is Sailor Beware, starring Dean Martin and Jerry Lewis. Lisbeth Scott will soon be seen co-starring with Alan Ladd in the Hal Wallace production for Paramount, Red Mountain. Dan Duryea is currently starring in Chicago Calling, a United Artists production. Also heard in our cast tonight were Herb Bygren, Bob Sweeney, Frank Gersl, Gene Bates, Bill Boucher, and Lou Krugman. Stars in the Air was transcribed in Hollywood with music under the supervision of Alexander Courage. Our play was adapted and directed by Harry Cronman. This is Hugh Douglas speaking. Remember, you enjoy Theater of Today every Saturday in the daytime hours on the CBS Radio Network.